Welcome to the All About Life podcast with VIC. I'm so glad you're here. You'll find this podcast is dedicated to your success. We cover a wide range of topics in the area of personal growth. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from. Thank you for tuning in. We really do appreciate it and enjoy this next great episode. Knowing that we apply common sense to other issues in our society, specifically like holding irresponsible people accountable for their actions when they drink and drive and kill somebody. And we do that without restricting control of cars and cell phones to the rest of us, the good guys. Why then do you and Hillary want to control and restrict and limit gun manufacturers, gun owners, and the responsible use of guns and ammunition to the rest of us, the good guys, instead of holding the bad guys accountable for their actions. First of all, uh, the notion that I or Hillary or Democrats or whoever you want to choose are hell-bent on taking away folks' guns is just not true. And and I don't care how many times the NRA says it. I'm about to leave office. There have been more guns sold since I've been president than just about any time in US history. There are there are enough guns for every man, woman and child in this country. And at no point have I ever per, ever proposed confiscating guns from responsible gun owners. So it's just not true. What I have said is precisely what you suggested, which is why don't we treat this like every other thing that we use? I I just came from a meeting today in the Situation Room in which I've got people who we know have been on ISIL websites, living here in the United States, U.S. citizens, And we're allowed to put them on the no-fly list when it comes to airlines. But because of the National Rifle Association, I cannot prohibit those people from buying a gun. This is somebody who is a known ISIL sympathizer. And if he wants to walk in to a gun store or a gun show right now, and buy as much, as many weapons as ammo as as he can. Nothing's prohibiting from doing that, even though the FBI knows who that person is. So, sir, I, I just have to say respectfully that there is a way for us to have common sense gun laws. There is a way for us to make sure that lawful, responsible gun owners like yourself are able to use it for sporting, hunting, protecting yourself. But the only way we're going to do that is if we don't have a situation in which anything that is proposed is viewed as some tyrannical destruction of the Second Amendment.
Thank you for listening to the All About Life podcast. This is your host, VIC. It's so good to be back with you guys in this great episode of the All About Life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Love you guys. Thank you for your support. And remember, you can always support us financially as well by going to anchor.fm forward slash all about life forward slash support. All right. So today we're going to be talking about something people like to call emotional intelligence with hard questions. What you heard was a 2016 town hall meeting hosted by PBS where Obama answers a question about gun legislation as challenged by a gun owner and a gun store owner as well. (laughs) So that question was a very hard question posed to Obama. And it was also a hot topic. And it's still a hot topic in the United States today about gun control. Still a hot topic. And what I find is with hot topics, not just political, but in our regular lives, we tend to get flustered when asked a tough question pertaining to a hot topic. Now, you may not agree completely with Obama's politics, his policies that he put forth. There are some things that I agree with that he did, and there are some things I disagree with with what he did. But then again, when you pay attention to policy, that can be said about pretty much any president that has ever taken the office in the United States. But the one thing that Obama cannot be denied is the fact that he was a great communicator. That cannot be taken away from the man. The way he speaks to people, the way that he relates to people, the way that he answers people's questions, he is just a very good communicator. I'm not saying that he can speak well, although he has given great speeches. But what I am saying is that he communicates well. And that's two different subjects as well. Speaking and communicating are two different things. You can speak well and be a horrible communicator. In which case, your speech really is not that effective. Regardless how many big words you can use in that particular sentence. However, Obama, again, really good communicator. And I took this example because he answers a hard question. And we're going to look at today what to do when posed a tough question and how emotional intelligence is key and plays a major role. 
So he was asked a question, and really, the question was more of an accusation towards his political leaning and his policies on gun control. So yes, it was a question, but framed within the question was the accusation. If you notice, the man accused Obama of wanting to take away guns and not putting forth responsible legislation regarding gun control. So the first thing that Obama does not do, which is very, very important, he does not get personal with the man accusing him. Many times when people pose a tough question to us, we take it personal. This is where the first key of emotional intelligence comes in. Do not take hard questions personal. Even though the man accused him, he didn't turn it around and make it personal to the man himself. The way we take these things personal at times is someone asks us a, a hard question and if there's any accusation in there, we get defensive about it really quickly and we start looking for flaws of the other person to throw something back at their face. Right? We kind of forget about if there's any facts or truth behind the accusation, we forget. And that's the thing, guys, with emotional intelligence, when you're in intelligently emotional, <laughs> you keep your emotions under control so you can think clearly. If you take it personal, that's not going to be able to happen because you'll end up just getting into an argument with the person that accused you of something. Well, sir, you should look up your facts because obviously you don't know what you're talking about. I've never done that. That could have been Obama's response right off the gate. Accusing the man himself of being ignorant of his policies and of his character. But he does not do that. He does not engage impersonal attacks. So that's the first key in emotional intelligence here. When you are posed with a question, even if it's an accusation framed as a question, do not lose your cool. Think clearly about what was just said. Think objectively at what was said. All right, the second thing that he does is he addresses the accusation again without accusing the man himself of being ignorant, not knowing what he was talking about, and not making it personal. Of course, he included Hillary in there 
because the man also mentioned Hillary. And he simply stated that it was not true, that what he had said was not true. He didn't call the man a liar. He just said that statement is simply not true. And then he moves on. So this is key number two. When you're faced with a tough question, especially if it's accusatory, make sure you bring out your facts without throwing some sort of accusation back at the person. That's key number two in emotional intelligence. Don't go tit for tat. Refrain from lowering yourself to the other person's accusation standards. Why? Because it gives you credibility. That gives you credibility as a communicator, gives you credibility as a speaker, and it will also allow the other person to listen to your answer. That is key. When you want to be heard, do not accuse. When you want to be heard, do not take things personal. State your facts objectively and move on. Notice how the whole time that Obama gave his answer, the man did not interrupt him. Yet, there are some politicians that get posed hard questions. And because they take it personal, you will notice that the other person who asked the question or even the crowd will also take it personal and interrupt them in the middle of their answer. When you're communicating, you will lose people when you start throwing dirt back at them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people throwing dirt at you is a good thing. Being accused is a good thing. What I am telling you is that if you if you yourself want to be heard as you defend yourself, as you present facts, don't throw dirt back because otherwise you're not going to be heard. And more than likely, you'll end up in some argument that'll start at point A and get to Z really quickly. And by the time you're at point Z, you don't even know what you're arguing about. You're completely lost in the offense that you picked up at the beginning when the question was posed. Another thing that was great that Obama did here is he gave credibility to the man-suggested answer to the problem. That's key number three. The man is definitely worried about gun confiscation. That was his main concern. And rightfully so. He was a gun store owner. 
he's a gun owner himself. So he's worried the government's going after his guns. And the man himself proposed from the beginning and how he framed the question that common sense gun laws are a good thing. So what Obama does moving forward is he gives that particular suggestion credibility in a way that most likely also made the man feel good about even posing the question to begin with and feel heard. See, when you're answering a tough question, this is key and you can only do this when you don't take things personal. You defend yourself with facts objectively. You move forward and you give credibility if there is any to give to the person who posed the question to begin with. That, guys, to me, is a masterful tactic in communication. Not only was Obama heard, but the other person felt like he was heard. So what happens is as he answers, the guards start coming down and the defense starts coming down. See, that's how you have an adult conversation. But you have to be emotionally intelligent to be able to do these things and keep your emotions in check. Don't just fly off the handle. And so if there is any credibility to what the other person posed, give it to him or her. Don't become so offended that all you want to do is just protect yourself and protect your own character to the point that you demean the other person because you will lose them. You will not be an effective communicator this way. And this works in all areas of life, guys. Not just when you're given a tough question, but this also works when you're at your job. If you're at your job and you want to get in someone's good graces, look for things to give them credibility for. Trust me, that will open up doors for you. And that is way different than kissing up. Because nobody likes anybody kissing up. People can tell when you're kissing up. Authority can tell when you're just <laughs> smoozing, okay? But they can tell also when you're being honest. You don't have to agree with everything somebody does. But if you can find common ground and you can find something to give credibility about, you will open doors for yourself when it comes to authority. As long as you're yourself are being honest about it. It cannot be fake. People can spot fake a mile away. Look at your boss's desk. What are his interests? Look at things that he does that he performs well. Just know that they're human beings too. They also like to be acknowledged. 
authority, believe it or not, like to be acknowledged. Just like you yourself like to be acknowledged. So moving on. After he continues and he gives the man credibility for the suggestion that was within his question as a possible solution, he gives a real world example of what he's talking about that people can relate to at that particular moment in time. Now, this is back in 2016. And in 2016, people were still acknowledging and ISIS was still a problem, or as Obama called them, ISIL, was still a problem in certain areas. And Obama decides to use a real-world event that just happened that everybody can relate to to bring his point home. When he starts speaking about the FBI knowing of a ISIL supporter that they could not stop from buying weapons and guns because of the current laws that are in the books regarding gun control. This is his own personal experience. This particular example. But everybody in that room could relate to what he was talking about. And this is the next key in emotional intelligence when you are faced with a tough question. Find a real-world example or bring to light a real-world experience that you yourself personally have had in that particular area that's being questioned and present it to your listener as you're answering the question. Because the thing with personal experience here is, guys, you cannot really dispute it. That's why in Christianity, with the gospel, testimonies are so crucial. Because theology can be disputed, doctrines can be disputed. In this case, with Obama, policy can be disputed. But his own personal experience of what he has been through and what has just transpired, as he said back then that he had just left the Situation Room, and this particular situation <laughs> just happened, well, nobody can dispute that. That's something that happened in his personal life as president. And so personal testimony of an experience you've had around the question you're answering is pretty much undisputable. And by this time, he's had his listeners full attention as well. Because he didn't go tick for tat. What personal experience does is that it makes you human to the other person. And it puts you at the same level of caring about the issue as the other person as well. Personal experience is powerful in communicating. Especially when you're trying to make a point. 
When you're trying to make a point, if you use a personal experience, you can bring the point home without having to offend anybody, without having to put anybody down. So you take that personal experience and your point will be taken. Why? Because you've humanized yourself as well. You've came, you've come down to the level of adulthood with the other person. In other words, what you're saying is, I'm not your enemy and look, I have experience with this particular issue and this is why I feel or I think the way I do. There's experience behind it. People can't dispute that. Again, with Christianity, they put a lot of emphasis in, in testimony. We put a lot of emphasis in testimony because testimony is really hard to dispute, short of just calling the other person a liar. And nobody wants to be put in that position and be seen as that person to, at all. So personal experience is key and it's so important when you're trying to communicate and bring your point home. So all of this, all of this cannot happen though, and I cannot stress this enough, unless your emotions are under control and that is called emotional intelligence. When you can be, in, when you can use your intelligence to keep your emotions in check. I'm sure in this particular town hall meeting, his emotions got pulled when that question was posed. However, he kept it under wraps. And that's the most important thing you can do if you want to be an effective communicator. That way you can see past what the, uh, what the, the words are and really take a look at the meaning behind it. Just because someone says something in a certain way doesn't mean that that's what they mean. You cannot be offended when people challenge you and have a proper communication with that person. It's just not going to happen because the offense is going to overcloud your intelligence. But if you allow your intelligence to be above your feelings and your emotions, then you can think objectively about what just happened, what was asked, what was challenged, and how you can respond objectively and be clear about your response without having to put the other person down, getting into meaningless arguments that lead nowhere. Um, and this, these are tools that you can use, guys, in your everyday life. We're all going to be challenged by people. It's who we are as human beings. But we don't have to take it offensively. Or even look at it as a bad thing. We can look at it as an opportunity to communicate our point effectively and clear ourselves and clear our point, clear the reason why we think the way we think. That's a great opportunity. So don't look at being challenged as a bad thing. Look at it as an opportunity 
to effectively communicate to another person and prove your point. All right, guys, I hope that you got a lot out of this particular podcast. I hope that you put these keys into practice in your life because it's just going to make you a better person, a better communicator, and it'll make your life a lot easier as you move forward. And by the way, these are also keys to success. If you want to be successful, you have to be a good communicator. There's no other way around that. You have to know how to talk to people. You have to learn how to answer challenging questions. And you have to know how to conduct yourself. And I can do another podcast, too, on just the disciplines that it takes, as far as character is concerned, to be successful. But for another time. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate you guys. You guys are great. Shout out to all everyone across the world that is listening to this podcast. I really appreciate you. We got uh, Colombia in the house, Ireland in the house, Australia in the house. Uh, we've got Argentina in the house. We got uh, Colombia in the house. So many different places that we're being heard. I am just ecstatic about it. So excited that this podcast is reaching so many people out there and just adding value to people's lives because that's what, that's what I'm here for. That's my gift to the world. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.